Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> I love yeah. how everyone really gets into the song. So that's AJ's least favorite song? It's I think so. But Drew really always loves it. I just don't understand why we use it as our opening. I told Does you last you week. In the mood. <laughs> I told you last week, if you want to help me find a new song, if anyone listening um, plays music and wants to create a new song for this intro, please, you're more than welcome to. So AJ doesn't have to listen to that intro ever again. But Drew jams out to it. Yeah, do it for me. <laughs> Just make it, it equally as funky. That's all we ask. Do it for AJ. Um, before we get started... Zoom Care, guys, is an awesome company that is partnering with us. Never sit in a doctor's office again. You heard that right. If you hate going to the doctors, you can check out Zoom Care. The one great thing we can take away from this pandemic is that we have the opportunity to do more things from our house and not having to leave and waiting at a doctor's office for hours to see the doctor can really be annoying and take a lot of time. Zoom Care allows you to talk to a doctor over video care over the internet and get a diagnosis right away. I mentioned this last week for me being a transplant, not having a set doctor here in Colorado. It is so nice to use a service like Zoom Care so I don't have to wait to get into that new patient um, portal and that time frame and I get to see a doctor right away if I'm having any issues. So remember that supporting our partners is supporting us and Zoom Care is a fantastic company to check out. Visit zoomcare.com to get started. That's Zoom Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E dot com and check them out. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands to Kola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck, you won't see it for long. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Lock, end zone, touchdown! Number two for Sutton. Got it! Oh, man! That's from way downtown! And the blue arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Score! It's too good to be true! Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. We are obviously recording this show a little early today, so I'm not sure if anyone has a Breck brew going. It's 11.50 on a Thursday, so it's not like our typical Friday 2 p.m. shows. Um, but you can support Breck Brew. They are awesome. You can go to the beer locator and see if there's any Breck brews around you. Or you can get in on this um, Vanilla Porter Jr. Valentine's Day special that they're doing um, where they are pairing up with a different company so you could cook a full meal using vanilla porter jr and they have an incredible lava cake and it sounds so good um so definitely check that out breck brew today we are talking about denver's sports most underappreciated athletes in denver sports history i've got drew creaseman with me ryan konigsberg aj hayfley and harrison Wynn, and i am of course your host ali monroy we're just gonna jump right in we've got some people in the comments already over on the live stream um putting in their opinions on who is the most underappreciated athlete aj i'm gonna go with you first since you came up with this topic yesterday in your opinion who is the most underappreciated avs player um, so it's it's funny that I ended up coming up with the, the topic because I've had a really hard time finding an answer for it. <laughs> um, it was it was 
the catalyst was the number of people who think the abs should not bring back Gabe Landeskog, which is insane to me. But it's a minority opinion, and I don't think Gabe Landeskog would, would count as an underappreciated star in Colorado. I think he's on his way to signing a big-time extension and to having his jersey retired in Ball Arena at some point. Would it be fair to say, though, that he is underappreciated based on the fact that he's probably not even in the top three most loved Avs right now? No. I mean, he's not... If you if you look at the guys around him, like he Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr are legit Hall of Fame caliber talents. Miko Rantanen has had the start to his career, where you could say if he keeps this up over a decade, that guy's going into the Hall of Fame too. So it's not really it's not really his fault that right, right, right. he's he's got like crazy star talent next next to him now. Um. He's not that caliber of player, so he gets bumped down a couple spots, but he's a very, very good NHL player in his own right. And as captain for the last like eight or nine years, you know, I I think that I, I think that he's for the most part properly appreciated as as a beloved abs player. Um the guy that I the guy that I think I'll make the, the big argument for is probably Santa Sosa Lynch. Mm. Um and again, there isn't really like a good fit for this. Uh, working through this with a couple of people, uh, including Evan Rowell. Uh, the the names that we got down to were Ozelinch and Paul Stasny and decided to go with Ozelinch because that dude finished third in Norris voting once upon a time in Colorado. Uh, he, he had the highest points per game of, of an abs defenseman uh, in, in the franchise's history. Was dominant offensively from the back end. So I, I, and I, you don't ever hear him talked about uh, as as a huge part of their their initial their first Stanley Cup run in '96. Um, I think he just kind of gets lost to time because we think about you know Sackick and Forsberg and and Lemieux and Kamensky and Deadmarsh and all those guys, but. At his best, Sandus Ozelinch was one of the very best in the NHL, and he just does not ever get remembered that way by Avalanche fans. Yeah, I mean, you you go around a game at Pepsi Center or Ball Arena, and you'll see a Ray Bork jersey, a Rob Blake jersey, obviously all the old ones, and Sackick, Forsberg, all those guys. You, I don't, I don't know if I can say I've ever seen one. Now I'm not looking for it actively, but you, you know, I think um, you're really right in saying that he is, uh, he is not in that core or group of players that really gets appreciated from from that era. Yeah, and he was he was in Colorado for five years, so this was not like a guy that had one good run and then was out of there. Um, he every year that he was in. In Colorado, he scored at least 50 points except 98-99 when he only played 39 games and still put up 32 points. Jeez. Otherwise, and he, to this day, he is the highest scoring, he has the highest scoring defenseman season in Ab's history when he had a 68-point year um, that included 23 goals. And that was the year he went to the All-Star game and he was voted the fir- on the first All-Star team in the postseason. And he finished third in the Norris in Norris for NHL's best defenseman. Which, by the way, that's the highest anybody in, in AB has ever finished in Norris voting. All of these records are going down very soon. <laughs> I mean, the sixty-eight. You talk about the sixty-eight point. He had sixty-eight points. That's Kale McCarr needs to. He needs eighteen points from last year's uh, last year's total to get there. Like McCarr has work to do. And yeah. of course, I totally agree. Like these are all this is all going to go down at like, some point. <laughs> Makar is the kind of guy that's gonna, he's going to shred all of this. But <laughs> this was a legit star player in Colorado that got overlooked and underappreciated because of the stars around him, because of the Sackicks and Forsbergs, and we don't we don't he did, the history has not remembered him that way. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this, AJ. Someone in the comments, Stephen here said, what about Duchesne? 
or one of those main guys from the lost years? Yeah, you know the guy Paul Stasny would have been a good a good name for this because he was really the face of a lot of those lost years until Duchesne showed up. Um, I don't really feel like those guys were underappreciated. I thought that they were beloved in their their Colorado tenures. Um, when he wanted out, you know, naturally a fan base decides, okay, well, if you don't want to be here, then I don't want you here. Yeah, you know, so girl, bye. So everybody was kind of, I think everybody was kind of on the same page in that relationship. Um, I I think Duchesne was properly appreciated by the fan base while he was here. He was, he was a star player, but he wasn't a hall of fame player. And he was, he was very, very, very well loved. Stasny, Stasny, that's a lot, that's a lot tougher of a conversation. His contract made him the ire of local media at the time. Uh, it made him it made him the focus of a lot of fan hate because when you make a lot of money, you have to produce at a certain level. And when he signed that big contract extension, he never his game never took that next step. And he was he was just a good player and not a great player. And that got that got held against him quite a bit. Um, yeah, just, we'll see, John. De, Lyles was Lyles was really good, but you can't make an argument he was ever a star player. Mm. It's interesting. I think the Avs are kind of a tough topic for this because Avs fans love super hard. Like that's true. If you're like even just above like average, Avs fans are going to love you. <laughs> and so you know that like it makes this kind of a tough bit here, just because I think. Uh, it's like a, it, they have that niche there and the fans are so, so passionate that like they love everyone. Like you mentioned Shane and Stasny and you said, you know, those guys are beloved for their own, in their own right. And, and it's true, you know, they're, they were loved as much as you can be for a team that just wasn't doing very well, not having that, yeah. that postseason success. Well, and those guys, you know, you, you think about some of the guys on, you know, Landis Cog was part of those teams. Eric Johnson was part of those teams. Tyson Berry was around. Uh, those guys, you know, those guys were all good players uh, to some to some caliber. I think the other the, the 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 guy from those teams that really gets overlooked is Varley. He really gets lost and kind of forgotten about uh, because he was. There were times where he was spectacular, and he had to do a lot of heavy lifting on some real bad teams as the last line of defense on uh, on some Abs teams that didn't really excel in defense. The you go back and look at those groups, they really only ever had two or three NHL caliber defensemen uh, in his entire ads career at any given time. I tweeted a gif recently with Varley in it, and I had people in my comments and my mentions being like, Oh my god, I miss him so much. And like yep. Ryan said, I just feel like Avsans truly do love so hard. And so it's definitely interesting. You said that Landeskog is definitely appropriately appreciated by the fan base, but for people to just kind of be calling for a trade when it comes to him and wanting that is surprising but i guess with his production this year i mean it hasn't been anything like mckinnon and miko so you can kind of see why kind of yeah i mean you can understand why he gets put where he gets put but it's just it's i think it's kind of different you know yeah. like like cody cody mcleod's not a star player he was liked by the fan base but on no planet is that guy a star player yeah uh, I had a weird realization with Gabe Landeskog this week when I realized that he's a few months younger than me. Uh, <laughs> like he's, he's been on the abs since I was a freshman in college. So it feels like he should be well into his thirties and he's 28 years old. And that like, that really messed with my head for like a whole day because and I just been like, a captain. Right, right. You know, he's been a captain for like my whole adult life. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I would be the, I think, second oldest player on the Nuggets. <laughs> That's wild. It is really crazy to see how young these guys are. And we've talked about it in other pods on best rookies and all that on having to take that into account. Um, Cause they are like 20, 21, 22 kale, just kale McCarr just turned 21 years old. Like that's crazy. These kids, they're truly, they're kids. Um, 
But all right, let's move on to you, Drew. Who do you think is the most underappreciated Rocky? Uh, well, can I can I interest you in my book? All Colorado Rockies pitchers are underrated. Oh. oh, here we go. This is, this, I mean, this it's just it's just a fact. There's can, before there we get into this, can we get into than can, others? Can, but like a star player here, okay? We need an actual star player, not it's Jorge just, De Rosa. This is the kind of weird nonsense narrative that gets built up around. Rockies pitchers that totally proves my point. Like people just can't hear it. And the reason why is that we were all taught in T-ball, this very basic thing. If you're an elite pitcher, that means you've got an ERA under three. If you're a good pitcher, you've got an ERA in the threes. If you're an okay pitcher, you've got an ERA in the fours. And if you're a bad pitcher, you've got an ERA five and up. And just people just can't get over it they can't break themselves of it kill era it's a crap stat use era plus i will die on this hill i will die on this hill every day tate i will write the book we have to kill this narrative until it is dead then wake it up just to stare it in the face and kill it again this is <laughs> ridiculous garbage the only pitcher who's garbage. not underrated on the colorado rockies is kyle freeland all he had to do was be from here for people to just love the hell out of him no matter what. But if you want specific names on the team right now, the two most underrated for uh, two completely different reasons are John Gray and Herman Marquez. John Gray has the Tyson Jost problem of he's not what we thought he was going to be when they drafted him, what we were promised as a young player. And what he's done has been just pretty to very good for most of his career instead of being this ace like every other team the superstar that aj wants he just he, he hasn't been that and the rockies haven't had that and he's got the talent i still think to be that he's 29 years old as we sit here today but actually also as we sit here today herman marquez is 25 years old he's 25 he's already got five years of big league experience uh he, he's sixth in strikeouts in colorado rockies history behind fifth place john gray John Gray is the best strikeout artist in Colorado Rockies history. They both already rank in the top 10 in pitcher war, and they're still in their 20s. These guys are very, very good. No, they're not elite ace-level guys just yet, but it may just be that Coors Field doesn't allow that. It might actually be the case that that can't be done out there, certainly not by the traditional metrics and and jorge de la rosa is the guy who caught it the worst uh, of anybody of all time the guy because he was dominant at coors field he done something that nobody else in the history of baseball has ever done he dominated in the most hitter friendly environment in baseball for the better part of a decade he won over 70 percent of his games at coors field that's ridiculous that's a stat that's that that's probably never going to be broken and so, yeah, I just, it, it, we, you know, RK was talking earlier about how Avs fans just love their, their role players so hard. And it's just the opposite with Rockies <laughs> fans. They're just in this opposite space where they can't accept, and, and rightfully so, you don't want to be seen as a homer for accepting all the high batting averages and runs scored because they're not entirely real. You do have to account for that. We've all trained ourselves to be very good, objective baseball fans and say okay some of the batting averages are inflated but people don't want to do the due diligence on the opposite side of it and look at marquez's 427 raw era instead of his 118 career era plus which is who he really is about 18 percent better than league average as basically a child who is still growing into his physical prime so it's it's been going on since Pedro Estacio. Ubaldo Jimenez is underrated. Somebody t told me today Ubaldo Jimenez is like a one-season guy. Like, Ubaldo Jimenez had four of the best seasons in Colorado Rockies history. He, as a rookie, he pitched a, a no-hitter in, into the fifth inning in an L NLDS game and pitched the best game in the World Series of anybody in that World Series, out-dueling Kurt Schilling until the bullpen blew it late. So it's just like... It blows my mind the way people talk about Colorado Rockies pitchers. Uh, I will, I will write the book because <laughs> almost every single one of them to a man is underrated. 
So I it is underappreciated star players. So give me so, one underappreciated star player the, on the Rockies right like, now. Remember, right has, now. Uh, yeah, right like, now. Trevor Story. I was, he's not underappreciated. Okay. He's I think he's underappreciated nationally, but not locally. Yes. I don't even think that anymore. I've seen several articles this offseason that have just been like, he's actually the best shortstop in baseball, you know? And we were kind of like, yeah, no, we know, but we've known. Uh, but <laughs> the hard part is I mean, trying to thread this needle. That's their between... only star player, then. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, right now, if, if that's what we're qualifying. So I would still say that, you know, I think Marquez is a guy who can win a Cy Young Award. All the tools are there. He hasn't quite put them all together just yet. But so is he a star already? No. No, that's not fair, but he can be. Uh, he probably will be. He's and he's not thought of, I think, as even close to that class, and he should be. So that maybe that's what he's a borderline star. Um, Drew, someone in the comments said they think that Larry Walker is underappreciated in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he's not in for highly appreciated. For sure. He's there by by most i think hardcore rockies fans he's he's pretty well appreciated these days again that gets back to nationally he's underappreciated and in i do think that <laughs> by three votes at the very end of his possible he, like, he, is he in the hall of fame or not he, yeah but it's the it's not the same and it is saying as a first ballot hall of famer and everybody knows it and a lot of the reason why he wasn't for a long time to this point is that local reporters who have come out and later admitted, you know, weren't voting for him until the very last year? Shouts to to Kiz, uh, but he, <laughs> you know, like that. So he didn't have the local support. The the Troy Rank article in the Denver Post, the first year that Larry Walker became eligible for the Hall of Fame, that kind of set the tone, saying, "I don't think he's a Hall of Famer," which made the local narrative here for a long time. Like a lot of work had to be done to overcome that narrative and so i think he was underappreciated for a long time i think now he's he's finally starting to be appreciated properly but that was an uphill battle for a long time <laughs> but he finally made it into the hall of fame which is what counts which was part of one of our um best moments in 2020 for the goaties I believe next week we will be doing a um, reaction to some of the winners of the Goaties, and we will be releasing the Goaties, um, DNVR Goaties show next week. So definitely check that out on YouTube. It is so fun. We had so much fun making it. And like I said, we'll we'll have a little reaction pod because based on last week, it looked like AJ made the case and won for newcomer of the year, but we won't get into that at the moment. <laughs> um, we will really, get into that. For the record, I'm fine with AJ making that case. <laughs> Honestly, might be on AJ's side. I uh, mean, you were even on the panel talking about that. You're like, yeah, you know. <laughs> so you guys can catch all of that this week. And like I said, a reaction pod where um, you can catch everyone, all of the beats, how they feel about certain um, winners, et cetera. Right? were you going to say something? I was just going to say we should go back and retroactively change the Nuggets nominee to Zeke Naji. <laughs> yeah, or RJ Hampton. Or yeah. RJ. Fine with either one. <laughs> a AJ, you would have been okay with that one, right? Yeah, of course. My only my only objection was that MPJ was nominated twice. Uh, That's it. <laughs> Speaking of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook um, created this awesome thing this week called Hammer the Over, um, and it's set up for the Lakers-Nuggets game this coming week on um, Valentine's Day. The Nuggets play the Lakers at 8 p.m., and for every 1,000 users we get to bet on this, DraftKings will lower the over by one point. It is already at zero, correct, Ryan? Correct. So it is free money. So you've got to go put um, some money on that over. And don't forget to use that promo code DNVR if you are signing up with DraftKings Sportsbook for the first time. Like I said, free money, free 20. I think the max bet is $25. So you get a free $25. I really need that after all of the Super Bowl betting and football betting that I've been doing and even abs betting that has not gone well. So I'm excited to get some free $25 uh, to help out my account a little bit over there. But DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. You guys all know how much we love them, how much we use them. Um, and you guys can check out DNVR Bets daily 
on the reg to figure out the best um, betting advice. Rye, the Buffs play today at 3 o'clock. Do you have some bets for that one? I'm going to have to tune in to the DNVR Bets Daily Live show to get those picks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Too cool for that. Um, but you guys, do you want to explain your new uh, parlay system for your shows? Yeah, so it, we, we're calling it the two-way parlay. Every single day we're going with an early show at around noon. Today it went even earlier than that. We give you our favorite picks in 10 minutes flat. Just bang, 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 here they are. If you don't have time to listen to the live show where we screw around and make jokes for most of the time, uh, that's the way to get the uh, the picks right into your head. Or you can tune into the live show around 4 o'clock every day. Today it's around 2, 2.30. Um, so we get it in before that Buffs game to give out our picks for that. But, yeah, so uh, the first one's more informational. The second one's more about fun. Um, the first one you can get anywhere that you listen to podcasts. The second one is the uh, best place to find it is DNVR YouTube. And don't forget to download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win for UFC 257. Is that the right one? 258. Um, so you can turn $1 into $100. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 on the main event Saturday night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And then, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Next up, we're going to do hair. We're going to do the Nuggets and Harrison, and then we will finish off with the Broncos. I know a few people in the comments are waiting for that Broncos um, talk, and then we'll go into who won the week. Um, so let's start off with you, Harrison. Who do you think is the most underappreciated um, Nuggets star player in Denver sports history? So I'm, I'm going to go. This isn't in, in sport in Nuggets history. We can talk about some other guys from like the Mellow era and whatnot. But from this current era of of Nuggets basketball, I think it's Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap is just really underappreciated for what he did over his first, I'd say, three years with the team. I think he's taken a little bit of a step back this year. Um, but had a great game last night on his 36th birthday. But when Paul signed here in 2017, I mean, he brought credibility and really just professionalism to what was the youngest team in the league. Like the Nuggets were so young that they had Jamal Murray coming off his rookie season. They had Nicole Jokic coming off his first season in the starting lineup. Uh, nobody really knew who these guys were. And Paul Millsap saw the talent. He saw the direction uh, this organization was going and just brought like a sense of legitimacy choosing the Nuggets at that point. And he kind of taught this core how to win a little bit. He, he definitely taught them how to play defense. The Nuggets didn't play any defense before Paul Millsap got here. Uh, they were 25th and 29th in Michael Malone's first two years in defense. And ever since Paul Millsap arrived, uh, he brought a defensive first mindset and now everybody on the roster is in lockstep that like defense is the key to winning games. And I, I think he's pretty much responsible for that. And then also he's been instrumental in helping Jokic ascend to this number one guy in the face of the franchise. Paul's first season here in 2017, 18, he missed like half the year after, uh, undergoing wrist surgery and he came back in March and look Jokic had a ton of respect for Paul Millsap when he got here here's a four-time all-star coming in here and Jokic was really willing to defer to Paul Millsap really throughout that first season when Paul did play and Paul came back from that injury in March and Jokic was really deferring. He was just trying to set up Millsap. He was barely looking for his own offense. He was just trying to get Paul going because he kind of recognized Paul as the star player, four-time All-Star. Everybody knows his name, the highest paid player on the team. And there was a really significant locker room conversation where Millsap pulled Jokic aside and pretty much said, stop deferring to me. This is your team. You're our guy. You're the franchise. Everything operates around you. And that was a big moment in kind of Jokic's ascension 
to become the face of the franchise. And so Millsap, he, he's been super underrated. And I think his contract is really the main reason why people discount what he's done here. And people like to call him overrated and whatnot. But if you look at the numbers, if you look at how Denver's bought in defensively since he's been here, and if you just looked at how the Nuggets have continued to get better and better, and he's been a positive player each of his four years here, uh, he's super underappreciated in, in my mind. So he gets my vote. I mean, you see that leadership, and I, so many people around Denver know him as dad. <laughs> and it was yeah. dad's birthday yesterday. Uh, I saw that on Twitter all over the place. Someone in the comments here, um, Tate says, the post-game lounge comments say Will Barton. How, what do you think <laughs> yeah. of that? That's another one, too. Um, that's absolutely another one. I've never understood the hate that the Nuggets fan base seemingly has for Will Barton. I've never understood it. Uh, this is a guy who has done everything this organization has asked of him. He's come off the bench and played six-man. He played backup point guard two years ago, started at small forward, and is, has been just great in every single role he's been in. The only times he hasn't been good has been when he's been injured, uh, to be honest. But he's a guy who's given this organization his heart and soul. Um, but like I said, he's played every single world and everything they've asked of him, matured into one of the locker room leaders here in Denver. And yeah, I've, I've never understood the hate, but th there's a lot of it still. There, there is a lot of it still. It's pretty crazy. Um, when it comes to history, you said we could talk about Mellow era um, later. Who do you think it is in that era? Someone in the comments said it's 100% Mellow. Absolutely. Mellow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Drew, think Mellow's underappreciated, is he? Oh, I, I don't think so. I, I, I feel like he... Mellow definitely gets the appreciation he deserves now. It's no. a... It, no. It's a he was completely fully 100% appreciated when he was here, right. in my when opinion. He was here, yeah. And then he no. just the way he left, you know, left a bad taste in people's mouth, just kind of like the Duchesne Oof. stuff, but different. No, 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 I disagree with all of that. I don't think he was ever fully appreciated while he was here. He was always not as good enough as those other guys, he was always getting compared to LeBron and. Durant, he was getting the label as a first round exit before other guys were even getting themselves into the playoffs. He was never good enough at some of these other, he never got enough appreciation for the fact that he was an elite rebounder. People talked about him being a one dimensional player because sometimes he would get lost help side defensively. He was a very good on ball one-on-one -on -one defender. <laughs> never got enough credit for that. He was like, his entire game was always talked about wait, the things wait, he wait, could wait, not do. Wait, wait, Everything wait, wait, wait. about Carmelo throughout <laughs> his career in Denver was about what he could not do. This is it where was, I think local and was, national perception differs, because I think locally, none of that shit is true. I think nationally, this, this all sure. from me reading local sources. I didn't but make any I, of this up in my head. This is all I, stuff that I, would, I think Nuggets fans I distinctly well remember reading in the paper of record when the Colorado or when the Colorado Rockies, <clears throat> when the Denver Nuggets acquired Allen Iverson, that one of the most influential writers in town did this whole thing about time to finally get rid of this first round exit baggage of Carmelo Anthony and build the team around Allen Iverson. That was. Well, I, I don't like, think we should take what local columnists have to say for like God's word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think so either, but I don't think we should pretend like they don't reflect and or influence some of the local perspective about these players here. I, I heard it all the time, especially after the acquisition of Iverson. So like, but I mean, Carmelo I did exit in the first round every year, but one. Right. And for the first couple of years there, LeBron wasn't even playing in the playoffs. Kobe missed the playoffs one of those couple of years. He's 19 years old, leading his team in scoring, and we're going to hold it against him that he couldn't topple the number one seed. I don't think anyone was holding the, the first Lakers year or the Spurs against like, him. And, and and again, like it, it was never understood in context. You're still doing the narrative. It's like it was the Lakers and the Spurs every single year. If they if he'd have been in the Eastern Conference like LeBron James was, he'd have been a number two seed most of that time. They'd have gotten out of that. That just never would have been there. Like he played in an historically difficult conference. Had to run into the Spurs and the Lakers all the time. Yeah, but like, I mean, it wasn't in the East, and it's not like we're gonna sit here in ten years and say if Nikola Jokic was in the East, he would have multiple finals appearances under his belt like this we're just not going to be doing that 
Well, he's not playing against the the Lakers and the Spurs of that same era every single first round either. So it's it's not it's an apples to oranges comparison. Like it's it, again, like like I'm saying, it was it was never put into context of this idea that really to this point, Carmelo Anthony and Nikola Jokic have taken the Denver Nuggets to the exact same length in terms of playoff success. And they're right. not thought about or talked about or treated that way by the local fan base. And yes, a lot of it's what RK said about the way Mello left, but uh, it wasn't true at the time either. Even then, people wanted to give the majority of the credit to Chauncey Billups and the organization around it. The guys who had been laughed at as, as a joke of a front office the year before won executive of the year, despite the fact that nobody knew who the executive of the Denver Nuggets was at the time. So like all that stuff, anything to not give the credit to the star of the team after all that time. I just, uh, I, I'm with commenter 24K basketball. It was absolutely mellow. It still is. People are still underrating. I mean, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And when I say that, people roll their eyes at me. Like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, isn't he? Oh, he, he's no. absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. Okay. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He absolutely right. will be. Just the stats are overwhelming, yeah. but that, when you say like that to the casual game. fan, they go. Uh, I, no, I, I think there's a. We could debate this until the cows come home. I think that where your issue is is really with the reaction post mellow, which was overtly negative. But in sports, if you're the star of the team and your team only gets to, and your team loses in the first round, like it ends up on your back. Uh, you know, like. John Elway was considered a Super Bowl choker until he figured it out, you know, and won one, despite the fact that there was he was dragging teams that had no business being in the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, no one talked about it that way. In the same way that that happened with LeBron earlier in his career, you know, like he couldn't get it done at the highest level, even though he was dragging teams that had no business being there to the highest level. So that's just the way it works in sports. Like if you're the best player on the team and the team can't get over the hump, it ends up on your back right or wrong. Totally. But even there, again, it's the you compared him to LeBron James, John Elway. And it's like, I agree. He's not on that level. There's another level of all time great players like Charles Barkley and Clyde Drexler. And that's Guys where he made the NBA was. finals. And sure. I mean, OK. And have exactly as many championships as like so. So that's so that we, we draw the line at one step further because Anthony Carter and Kenya Martin can't inbound a basketball. Now Carmelo's not on those guys level. Really? That's, that's, I mean, again, you, you, you make the argument he's not underrated and then. We all agree that the guy's a hall of fame caliber player. Yeah, what the he's hell a hall of famer. He's the best player in franchise history. Second I mean, best. Well, yeah. I think I think right now he's probably still the best. Probably after this year, that changes. Yeah, Harrison. Okay, we talked about Mello. Who's another player that you think is underappreciated <laughs> from that era? Um, so Drew's gonna love this, but it's Chauncey. And I was gonna say that. So when we went back and watched the 2009 Western Conference playoff run during DNVR watches in, in what was just a dark, dark time. For everyone um <laughs> i can't believe that was almost a year ago wild <laughs> yeah but i gotta say carmelo was very underwhelming on that rewatch and chauncey billups was um very underappreciated for what he did in that playoff run chauncey was incredible um he was so obviously the heart and soul of that team uh, and if you talk to people who are around who were around the team during that era Chauncey changed the whole trajectory of that team. Uh, that locker room, again, if you talk to people who were on the team, was an absolute mess before Chauncey got there. Mello, Kmart, J.R. Smith, there was no professionalism. There was no accountability. It's honestly, it's different but similar in a way to the impact that Paul Millsap has had on this group of Nuggets. But Chauncey just made that team grow up, and he was the leader. Uh, he, he was the alpha of that team. And they definitely don't make the Western Conference Finals if Chauncey Billups isn't on that team. And like I said, I remembered him as being great during that playoff run. He was even better on rewatch when we went back and watched uh, those three playoff series. So uh, he was incredible. 
What I'll say is I think Chauncey's leadership is properly appreciated for that team. Um, like, you know, people know how much he helped them grow up. What I think was underappreciated was just his basketball skills. Like, you mentioned how good he was um, in that playoff run. I mean, he was amazing. And Watching he, that back, it was like, oh, my God, Chauncey. <laughs> yeah, like he was incredible. So I think as time has gone on, the, the leadership has remained appreciated, whereas maybe how just how important he was as a basketball player to that team uh, has n- not been appreciated as much as it should have been. Yeah. Um, Patrick is asking if he missed uh, Drew's rant um, on lack of Rockies love. Uh, yes, that was the second oh, yeah. one. So go back and listen to it, Patrick. Um, but yeah, we have some people in the comments saying Cha- Chauncey's just underappreciated by everyone. Dude was a gamer. Um, and then I won't let Drew go into a rant about this one. But Ryan said the anger and sadness that came with Mello leaving doesn't say underappreciated um, in his opinion. But I think there's arguments for all of those guys, and that you, especially after watching the rewatch for DNVR watches, you can you see that. Right? Were yeah. you gonna say something? It looked like you were. Oh, I was just gonna say that, like, it, what happened with Mello is like the worst feeling you can have as a fan, which is just like, oh, like my favorite player doesn't want to play for my team, uh, and so that just leaves scars that are just really hard to heal. And I actually think we're reaching the point now where those scars have healed, um, but. Uh, for a long time there, people were just really upset about it, and I, I can't blame them at all. Yeah, but to address one of those comments there, Melo's jersey should absolutely be retired. Absolutely. Yeah. And it will be. And, and it will for sure hang in uh, hang in the rafters at Ball Arena. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ryan, let's finish off with the Broncos. We have a few people in the comments giving their opinion, but I'm going to let you start off first on who you think um, is the most underappreciated uh, Broncos star player. Yeah, well, I'm going to start with the Broncos uh, historic player that I think is underappreciated, and it's Demarius Thomas. Uh, this is a fight that I've been fighting as long as I can remember, um, and, and it goes into uh, the argument of ceiling which is honestly a silly argument at its core. Uh, And it causes things like this to happen where people look at Demarius Thomas and they look at how physically dominant he is and how good he was at his peak. And they say like, oh, he should be that 16 games a season and in the playoffs. And any time that he fell below that, he was criticized greatly for it. And then, of course, there was the drops. Uh, And I don't know what it is about wide receivers and drops, but it – just people can't get past it and Demarius Thomas didn't have like a ridiculous drop rate you know he dropped the ball more than he should have and and I think that's all you have to say about that but for whatever reason that like affects people's perception on players so so much and Demarius Thomas is the all-time leader in receiving yards for the franchise he has the franchise record for receiving yards in a game he at one point held the re- uh, the record for receptions in a Super Bowl. Like this is a guy who is arguably the best receiver in Broncos history, and uh, you know, and I'm here for the case for Rod Smith as well. But he's looked back at I think in a lot of people's eyes as a guy who didn't quite reach his potential. And the truth is, just no one actually reaches their potential aside from like Tom Brady. So. <laughs> for for him, you know, to have this thing of oh he could have been better, uh, just really drives me crazy because again, mostly because of his drops. Um, and the one thing that I think is most underappreciated about him is his toughness. Uh, easily oh, yeah. the toughest player I've ever been around in any level of any sports. Um, he was banged up consistently, and for the entire the entirety of his career after uh, he was injured early on uh, as a young player, he played every game with the Broncos. So this is a guy who, and I wrote this in a story after he was traded, a guy who after a game once asked me if I could roll his collar down on his shirt because he couldn't get his arms high enough up to his shoulders to, to roll it down, just played a football game. Like he played through everything. He went through a whole season after the Super Bowl with a hip injury um, and was just gritting it out there, having incredible games, only to have people talk about, oh, but he dropped one. Uh, and it just drives me absolutely insane. 
I do think when he left, though, like the reaction from the fans was heartbroken. There were there were people who loved DT and then having him leave was just a really sad moment, especially um, then following with the, the no fly zone and all of that starting. It was sad. Fans were sad that that era was like coming to an end. Yeah, absolutely. People, you know, it's it's always like a you don't know what you got till it's gone type of thing. And um, he obviously has the iconic moment in the super in the playoffs with the Tebow to DT connection, and that one will live on forever. And and the further you get away from a player's career, I think usually people start to appreciate what they did that was great rather than what you know what they didn't do. Um, but you know, I've joked that this is this is already starting to happen with Jerry Judy, where it's it's. It's been determined that he's a guy who drops the ball. And again, he dropped the ball way too much this year. But now, every drop he has will be blown up out of proportion uh, as, oh, here we go again with the drops and Jerry Judy. And uh, I swear it's like the battle I was put on this earth to fight is (laughs) his defend great receivers who drop the ball slightly too much. But we have talked about this, that a lot of the response of Jerry Judy intensity was his social media comments about himself and the team and and caring, it seemed caring more about what was going on with him rather than the team. And so then when he starts dropping it, people started going after him. Exactly. And, you know, you t- people, a lot of these guys didn't do themselves many favors um, with – the media and you know you can make the case like Demarius Thomas took some shots at Denver when he got to Houston and like I wish I could tell these guys like don't do that like your (laughs) legacy is on the line here like Chris Harris Jr. similarly you know was petty on his way out and was kind of like trolling Broncos fans on Twitter and I'm like don't do that man these people love you just yeah just say I I love the Broncos for everything and move on uh and 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 keep your uh your legacy intact so yeah I mean Judy uh, certainly did himself no favors with his social media. And hopefully there's someone in his corner helping him understand how to handle these things in the future. And I mean, like we talked about, again, he is a kid. He is just just got out of college and there's, there's a lot of growing and learning to do. Um, but speaking of just legacy, I feel like Nolan Arenado with his comments after leaving, he tried to not say anything after about the Rockies organization and, and came out with a video saying thank you to all the fans. And and I think he truly did a good job, at least at the moment, of just preserving that, in my opinion. Why yeah, do you yeah, disagree, he, Ray? He took some shots, too. He said, you know, like, this place is all about I, winning. And, and I want to win. could have gone a little deeper. That, that, that's fine, I think. I think that's the one exception if you want to take a shot at the Rockies. Well, and he might be onto something when he says they're all about winning and the Rockies. Work. That might actually um, make him uh, go up a level. <laughs> Sports most underappreciated athletes. Yeah, I mean, taking shots at the Rockies is certainly in vogue right now. Yeah. Can, um, can I just say about Demarius Thomas that – he had across five years, a five-year span. His average season was 98 catches, 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. I mean, and again, just like not not. It's not that he isn't cons- he isn't like considered a good player. It's just that people always want to talk about what he didn't do rather than what he did do. Yeah. Um. Some people in the comments are saying CJ Anderson, he was definitely underrated and underappreciated when he was with Denver. What do you think of that, Ray? I think he was properly rated. Um, I also uh, don't think he was a star. Yeah, not, not a star. Just a, a very good player who the one thing that was underrated and underappreciated about him is he was a really good mix with Peyton Manning in the sense that he is a very heady player really understood the game on a deep level. And um, after Peyton Manning left, players on offense were talking about how they were starting to defer to CJ for some of the things that Peyton brought in terms of, you know, understanding coverages, understanding um, where to set the protection. Trevor Simeon was talking about how he would lean on, um, you know, if they're standing in the shotgun, CJ would lean to him and say, Hey, you know, 48's the mic, like make sure you get that part done. And, uh, so that part of him was under underrated, but just a good, a very good back. 
Yeah. Um, and then we've got people in the comments arguing over this one. Tim Tebow. Yeah. yeah. This person Tebow. has lost their day of mind. Um, yeah. Let's go. I'm with you. No. Okay, so I am fully pro Tebow in the sense of that season was incredible. Um, it was one of the most fun times I've ever had watching sports. Uh, and and I think Tebow is a little bit ahead of his time in the NFL in terms of how he could be used in today's NFL, I think would be really fun to watch. But there's someone in here saying that he, the Broncos would have won three Super Bowls with him. Um, and that is absolutely asinine. You, you actually would have an easier time making a case that Tim Tebow is one of the most overrated um, athletes in Denver history, just because of how iconic that time was and how much everyone loved him. And again, I'm pro that, but I think it would be really hard for me to make a case as to how he was underappreciated um, when like every single person in Denver had a 15 Jersey on. Yeah. I mean, Henry's dog is even named Tebow. Exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, okay. I, I, I can do it I, very quickly, too, because it's it's kind of, it's similar to how you, you split it apart for, like, Chauncey Billups. Because, like, Tim Tebow was obviously plenty well appreciated by the fans and the media and all of that stuff at the time for it being a fun season and for them, you know, winning a playoff game and all that stuff. But I didn't think he was ever appreciated enough for, again, like, his actual football skills. We know he wasn't a good passer. But we also a problem as a quarterback. Sure, I understand that. But again, that so you frame the entire thing around that, and you forget like that all of those runs still count for forward yards. The touchdowns he scored still counted to win games. Like framing everything he did around luck, which I think is unfair too. We still had to make it wasn't luck; it was divine intervention. I'm saying. I'm saying. Uh, I just, you know, he obviously they played a completely different brand of baseball. I'm fine with it. I came here today specifically to give AJ this reaction. This, this, hey, this was your topic. You knew this was going to happen. You knew it was a possibility. But, yeah. And I, Tim Tebow just never got enough credit for the way that they were able to run an offense around him, the way they really were able to suck the defenses in, lull them to sleep, get that one play over the top, and people be like, yeah, but just a one play, as if that one play didn't count for the game-winning touchdown or something. Like, it just, it, it, it blew my mind that everyone had to put it into a very small box. And it was, it, that's because it his was success a- only was a very small box. <laughs> Yeah. It, All right. Then, then appreciate, then at least appreciate that man, uh, and and to to discount absolutely everything he did on the football field is just, uh, I, I I never thought it was, I never thought it was fair. I, and even the way people like reacted to him coming over to baseball and like, oh, what a ridiculous thing to do is like he's actually very legitimately worked his way up to like double A. I was one of those people that was annoyed very, with him very impressive and so i just he's a great a, athlete uh, yeah. a lot of people really want to hate tim tebow particularly for his athleticism and on-field acumen so i just go you know I, what I, I, he's a little bit better of a football player that season than he got credit for i uh i have to disagree with that um <sighs> I, I think that he was a very very subpar thrower of the football who he's a was terrible thrower. A, Never said any different. He was an extremely, extremely exceptional leader um, who made a big difference. And Von Miller, to this day, puts him in the same category as Peyton Manning when he talks to leadership. He, he always says, those two guys, I've played with Peyton, I've played with Tim Tebow, I've played with some of the best leaders of all time. Um, and he was, he had an extraordinary will to win. Um, which gave him a a level that he could only reach at certain times. Um, and what I will say is the ultimate kind of pushback to the narrative that he was underappreciated as a football player is he was never able to make it happen anywhere else. 
Um, and I was always of the belief that one of these terrible teams, like at the time, the Jacksonville Jaguars really should have taken a chance on him, built their offense around him and seen what happened. And no one did that. Um, so, but he also hurt himself by, you know, he was meant people are mentioning Taysom Hill in the comments. He refused to be that type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that I thought really did him a disservice yeah. in the long run because he could have been, he could have been Taysom Hill times 10. Um, he's better than Taysom Hill at just about everything, but he didn't want to be that. He said, I'm, I'm a quarterback through and through. And, you know, part of you wants to respect that. He wanted to make it work that way, but you know, 32 teams in the NFL were saying this guy cannot be your full-time starting quarterback. And maybe someone could have pulled it off, uh, in a more, uh, progressive league like we, like we exist in now. But I think, I think so. I think you saw, uh, you know, even at their best, they still were an eight-win football team who backed into the playoffs and had a, a magical play. Um, but I don't think he was underappreciated as a quarterback at all. I mean, being on the East Coast when Tim Tebow mania was happening, everyone knew. Everyone was doing the Tebowing. Everyone knew who Team um, Tim Tebow was. So when it comes to underappreciated, um, like from fans' point of view, I don't think that that's the case. But um, I mean, everybody knowing who you are and everybody appreciating and loving you and having your jersey. Thing. And I went to a Broncos bar and everyone had a Tebow jersey on. I even knew people I'll on the East Coast who were pissed off when um, Peyton Manning Tebow was coming in because they loved Tim Tebow. Yeah, I was going to say Tim Tebow, arguably the most polarizing Denver yeah. athlete because for just as many people that loved him, there were tons of people that hated him. And it was a disconnect between people who just wanted to talk about strictly his football skills or his quarterback skills. I don't want to say football skills because he was a great football player, just not a great quarterback. Um, It was that, you know, the people who didn't like Tebow could not get past the fact that he just was not, he was a bad passer. Uh, and, And the people that loved him so deeply could not, did not care because he made it happen at the end of games in the end both sides were right in their own way. Uh, and it just, uh, it, it, it never worked out for Tebow. I just, I have a hard time saying he was, he was underappreciated as a quarterback just because he wasn't a very good quarterback. How about, how about as a football player, as you put it a minute ago, he wasn't underrated as a quarterback. He was underrated as a football player. I think that there's a case there. Underappreciated even. Unfortunately, he didn't allow himself to just be a football player. That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, AJ has to go be on. A, I'm sorry, but <laughs> AJ has to go be on a abs podcast in 15 minutes, so we do have to speed this along. Last um, thing, I said they were eight and eight. Not all of that was his fault. They were better than eight and eight when he was in there. Okay. Green Mountain Dental Group, guys, we are recording this podcast today because I'm getting my wisdom teeth out tomorrow. I'm a little nervous, like I told you guys last week. Um, We're going to be recording. We're going to put out a video of my experience. You guys get to see firsthand um, why we love Green Mountain Dental Group so much. Rye's going to be there with me. I don't know if I'm going to be really really silly after or what hopefully not um but for you guys i think everyone that i've talked to at dnvr is like hopefully you are that's great content um so hopefully i don't embarrass myself no matter what but green mountain dental group is fantastic i can't wait to go see them i went in for a checkup before um having to figure out my whole wisdom teeth situation and they were so nice so easy it is 15 minutes outside of downtown denver and they are just such great people they're denver sports fans through and through and it's an awesome atmosphere to go to and you know I I hate going to the dentist so the fact that I had a good time and actually enjoyed um my time at Green Mountain Dental Group means a lot to me. Um, and like we've mentioned before, supporting our partners truly helps us out. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group. You'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush if you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. Free Sonicare toothbrush. I will let you guys know about my experience tomorrow. And maybe if I am a chipmunk, I will show a picture of it on social media. But let's get into real quick who won the week. Let me bring up the song for everyone. Tim Tebow. Oh, goodness. (laughs) I was going to say, you might not be happy with uh, this, AJ, uh, but I will say it after we hit the music. 
So last week, the nominations were all Rockies after <laughs> a crazy week. Yeah, um, so we had DNVR Rockies for being awesome, DNVR Rockies for their coverage, DNVR Rockies for helping everyone else deal with this Nolan Arenado trade and them having to deal with this trade themselves. And the Rockies won the week. Who would have thunk? Drew, you get since we're running out of time here, you get uh 20 seconds to talk about whatever you want, which I know is very little, but you can use it to talk more about Tebow if you would like. Say, go. I'm just gonna plug my book, all the things that are underrated and underappreciated that people say they aren't, therefore proving they are. I'm working on the title. Buy my book, all the Colorado Rockies pitchers you hate. Tim Tebow, Carmelo Anthony, all of them underrated, underappreciated. Give me a few more of them. It's bad out there. Time. But... <laughs> Can I say one last thing about Tim Tebow? Oh, God. <laughs> he is underappreciated in the work that he did to help Peyton Manning come here. Because Peyton Manning saw that team and said, if that guy can take them to the playoffs, I can win Super Bowls with them. There you go. I'm calling it a win. <laughs> All right, Ryan, let's start with you. Why did someone in the Broncos or whoever you think won the week? Oh God. Um I'm do someone else first. <laughs> okay. Harrison, why did the Nuggets or whoever you think win the week? Michael Porter Jr. played his most complete game of the season. Um not his highest scoring game, but it was his best all around game defensively as a cutter off the ball. He was great. And Denver needs him to be great. Um, also, if anybody out there listening knows how to mount a TV, I need two TVs mounted in my apartment. So. <laughs> okay. okay, you were using that time um, on who won the week. Uh, I'll oh, add that as a little asterisk if I have room on the poll. Anyone hit up Harrison to help mount his uh, TV. Okay, AJ, why did the Avs or anyone in the Avs or whoever you want won the week? Can I say Tim week? Tebow won the week? Because apparently there are people out there who thought that he was a good NFL player. That's insane to me. That guy, that guy sucked, and you guys should go back and have to sit through those games. Thank you, AJ. Tim Tebow was a terrible quarterback. I mean, you, you, you can't make any kind of statistical argument whatsoever that he was any good. Also, I'm using my 30 seconds to punt on this. This dude in the comments going on and on about how he's going to go to church and pray for me is giving me PTSD from growing up in Texas. <laughs> okay. That's um, what I wanted to use my 30 seconds on because the abs are on, on COVID break and I've got nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll talk to you later about what you want me to write on the poll. <laughs> um, Drew, who won the week? Go. <sighs> Uh, well, okay. In my eternal effort to get less than 1% on these things, I'm going to nominate new Colorado Rockies pitching coordinator, Flint Wallace. Uh, <laughs> That's not a real person. I'm sorry. That, and that, so he, he's nominated for two reasons. He was named uh, to a new job, Colorado Rockies pitching coordinator, and his name is Flint Wallace. Come on. If your name is Flint Wallace, you got to walk through life with some confidence. Flint Wallace. That's the guy. He had a nice week. What a blank show of a who won the week. <laughs> Flint Wallace sounds like an auto-generated player in a Madden draft. <laughs> All right, Ryan, why did the Broncos win the week or whoever you want to vote for win the week? Go. Uh, Colorado Buffalo's men's basketball team won the week. Uh, a couple weeks back, they, uh, had, they blew a 19-point lead to Utah, and it was looking bleak for them. Uh, they came, they come back against Arizona, almost blow a massive lead again, uh, but they buck up and win that game and kind of stare their demons in the face and get the dub. And then they go and blow out Oregon State, uh, and they're going to win again today. So they're, they're on a roll here, and, and they stared their demons right in the face and conquered them. Okay, time. Um, people in the comment section, let's be nice. This is a <laughs> good, happy community. Um, we have 
controversial discussions talking about Denver sports and and our opinions. I guess controversial might not be the best word, but topics that get people talking and you don't need to be so serious and upset in the comments. Um, That's what I'm saying. This guy's calling me a Christian (laughs) hater. Oh. It's not that oh, deep. No. Um, just because AJ doesn't like Tim Tebow, really, it's not that deep. Um, so let's just be nicer no, in the this comments. Is exact, this is exactly what it's like to grow up in Texas as a non-religious person. It's exactly like this every day from every set of parents that you will ever meet from any friends that you have. All right, to make. all right, all right, all right. It's we, just okay. like this shit. All right, that is it for today's show. Uh, Leave your comments. Um, If you have any reviews, definitely go to uh, DNVR, the Denver Sports Podcast on on podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you leave a review, I'll read it on air. It means a lot to us if it is a five-star. If this person who doesn't like AJ goes leaves a review, I'm sorry, I'm not reading it. Um... And give this video a thumbs up. If you're watching on Periscope, we truly recommend watching on YouTube. It's a lot better stream. Um, and give us a like on YouTube. We're trying to grow this channel. It means a lot. We've got Nuggets postgame shows happening over the weekend. We've got Buffs postgame show today. No abs until maybe Sunday. Hopefully Sunday. Fingers crossed. Should be Sunday, but Vegas is going through COVID protocols right now. So that game is heavily in doubt. Okay. Well, keep an eye out on um, DNVR underscore Avalanche on Twitter for any updates on that. And we will talk to you all later.